Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. and welcome to the Renaissance English History Podcast, a part of the Agora Podcast Network. I'm your host, Heather Tesco, and I'm a storyteller who makes history accessible because I believe it's a pathway to understanding who we are, our place in the universe, and being much more deeply in touch with our own humanity. This is episode 161, and it's a pop culture episode because I get a serious tickle when the kids, I say that in quotes, are into something that's 400 years old. If you've been anywhere near TikTok or are close to a teenager, you may have heard that sea shanties are now a thing. So I thought I'd devote an episode to the history of these songs, and we can throw in some songs at the same time. I'm not going to get into the sociological analysis of why sea shanties are now becoming a thing, but Mashable had one of the most concise reasons that I can imagine, and it said... We've spent months in isolation, yearning for the day when this ship of weirdness will reach the port of normalcy. And I was thinking about it because in a lot of ways, the situation that we're in right now is similar to being on a long sea voyage, right? We're, we're just kind of floating around. And yet there's still work to do, a lot of work to do for a lot of us who have kids and we're trying to homeschool and trying to do all of that. Um, it's like being on a ship where there's a ton of work and you don't really know how long it's going to last. So, um, yeah. There once was a ship that put to sea. The name of the ship was a belly of tea. The winds blew up her bow, up down a blow. My bully boys blow. She'd not been two weeks from shore. When down on her, a right whale bore. The captain called all hands and swore. He'd take the whale in tow. So there's actually some historical debate about where the term sea shanty actually comes from. Some historians suggest that the songs were named from the French word chanter, also coming from chant, meaning to sing. Of course, the English word chant means to make sounds with the voice, especially to sing a chant or to recite in a repetitive tone. So when you think of Gregorian chant, it's just kind of the same thing sung over and over again, right? There are sea songs that go back to at least the 6th century. More on that in a second. 
but they mostly come from the days of the old merchant tall sailing ships. So we're talking about later than our period, um, the period of like Moby Dick, for example. But they did start to really get popular during the Elizabethan period. And a lot of those later songs have their roots in the Elizabethan sea shanties. So the sea shanty was a work song. And it was sung so that sailors who were doing this heavy work, um, hoisting sails for departure, anything that involved synchronized efforts to complete this task, if you were making sure that each sailor was pushing or pulling at the same time, you did that in rhythm. And so the way to do that was to sing a song or a shanty. Most often there would be a solo singer who would lead the singing and then there would be a response from the crew joining in for the chorus. So the earliest mentions of sea shanties go back to about the 6th century from Ireland. And Christian monks were sailing away from Ireland to different islands. This is, you know, when we start to get Lindisfarne and, and the different settlements of the Irish monks. And as they were traveling, they would perform their chants, monastic chants, while they were doing work. Or if they were in a storm or there was some kind of threatening situation, they would perform a chant to pray to God to deliver them to safety. The most famous of these Irish monks was St. Brendan the Abbot, and he supposedly actually reached North America way before the Vikings or Columbus. And the detailed accounts of his voyage are in a book called Navigato Sancti Brendani Abatis, The Voyage of St. Brendan the Abbot. And in that account, there are many different references to singing hymns and chanting in this sort of call and response style. There's one passage in particular where St. Brendan and the crew would sing in this call and response style. And it says, When supper was ended and the divine office discharged, the man of God and his companions retired to rest until the third watch of the night when he aroused them all from sleep, chanting the verse, Thou, O Lord, wilt open my lips. Whereupon all the birds, with voice and wing, warbled in response, Praise the Lord, all his angels, praise him, all his virtues. Thus they sang for an hour every night. And when morning dawned, they chanted, May the splendor of the Lord God be upon us in the same melody and measures as their matin praises of God. Again, at terse, they sang in the verse, Sing to God, sing to our King, sing wisely. And at sext, they would sing, The Lord hath caused the light of his countenance to shine upon us, and may he have mercy on us. And at non, they sang, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell in unity. Thus, day and night, those birds gave praise to God. St. Brendan, seeing all of this, made thanksgiving to the Lord for all of his wonderful works, and the brethren were thus regaled with such spiritual viands until the octave of the Easter festival. In a more Viking tradition, there's a mention of a sea roller's song. This was composed by Herolf Herolfsson. He was the son of Bard Haraldson. This was in a book called The Voyages to Vinland, written about 1000 AD. And this has the passage, Upon the ship with Harolf was a Christian man from the Hebrides. He it was who composed the sea roller song, which also contains this stave. Mine adventure to the meek one, monk heart searcher I commit now. He who heaven's halls doth govern, hold the hawk seat ever o'er me. So we have these early monastic roots, and from that we get shanties in medieval Europe 
being used by the pilgrims, the mariners, anybody who was traveling like that, who wanted to have songs while working on the ship or to keep spirits up while you were on long voyages with maybe uncertain plants. The earliest known genuine English sea song was written in the 15th century. It's called How Hissa, and the original manuscript is in Trinity College in Cambridge. Now, I have yet to find a recording of this, and I did a great deal of searching, so I don't think anyone has recorded it, at least recently, that I can find. But it is a true seafaring composition Genuine sea songs normally didn't wind up in print, and when they did wind up in print, the people on land weren't really fans. A lot of times it's because they're quite vulgar. Um, You know, they have a sense of humor that sailors at sea for long periods of time would find amusing, but people living in towns would not find as amusing. So they didn't get written down that often. So it's quite rare, especially for the 15th and 16th century, to have one that's written down. So the setting is a merchant carrying passengers. These passengers have a lot of discomfort, and the discomfort amuses the shipmen. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's quite long, but it starts with, Anon the master commandeth fast to his shipmen in all the haste to dress them soon about the mast they're tackling to make. With how hissa then they cry, what how, mate, thou standest too nigh, thy fellow may not haul thee by, thus they begin to break. A boy or twain anon upstern, and over thought the sail yard lane, yo how tail ya, the remnant cryin, and pull with all their might. Bestow the boat, boat swain anon, that our pilgrims may play there anon, for some are like to cough and groan, ere it be full midnight. Call the bowline, now veer the sheet. Cook, make ready, anon our meat. Our pilgrims have no lust to eat. I pray God, give them rest. Go to the helm, what ho, no nearer. Steward fellow, a pot of beer. Ye shall have, sir, with good cheer, anon all the best. How, Tressa, haul in the brails, thou haulest not, by God thou fails. O see well, our good ship sails, and thus they sang among. Thus, meanwhile, the pilgrims lie and have their bowels all fast them by and cry after hot Malsey their health for to restore. Some lay their books on their knees and read so long they cannot see. Alas, mine head will split in three, thou sayest one poor white. How Hissa was used for hundreds more years. It was used in the tall ships that went into the deep water. And it was used instead of saying hoist away, it would say hawhissa. And of course, then it talks about seasickness, which was pervasive for hundreds of years and still can be quite pervasive for people on ships, on cruise ships. Put him in the scuppers with a lee rail under, put him in the scuppers with a lee rail under, early in the morning. There's also a song called The Mermaid, which also is genuine to around the 16th century. And it has verses that include, On Friday morn, as we set sail, it was not far from land. Oh, there I spied a fair pretty maid with a comb and glass in her hand. The stormy winds did blow and the raging seas did roar. 
while we poor sailors went to the tops and the landlubbers laid below. And then there was another song called The Complaint of Scotland, which was written in 1548. It was apparently written anonymously by a landsman who loved all things of the sea. The song itself is great because it includes a vocabulary of all of the different terms that would have been used on board a mid-16th century Tudor ship. There's descriptions in about how when seamen sang, it sounded like an echo in a cave. And many of the words were Mediterranean, which Italian navigators had brought north. There's other words that come from further east, showing this connection between the east and the west at sea, where the boats would meet up in different ports and exchange languages. The word admiral, for example, comes from the Arabic, which Amir al-Bar means commander of the sea. The main point of a shanty, though, was to bring kind of a sense of humor and some fun and keep the morale up during these periods of hard manual tasks that the sailors had to do each day on these long voyages. Apparently, it was believed that having a good shantyman, a good musician on board, was worth a couple of extra hands because the morale would be so much higher. And if you were a good shantyman, you would be rewarded with lighter duties and maybe an extra little bit of rum, some extra rations. As I said, a lot of the different songs were quite obscene, and so few of the texts have been published. And sometimes when a sailor would sing in public on land, it would be censored so that people wouldn't be offended on land. But sometimes there are references to sailors' songs. There, of course, is no doubt that music was played on Elizabethan ships at sail, these early exploration voyages. In 1567, Hawkins was on his second voyage across the Atlantic, and he insisted on setting a good table with fine linen and silver and dishes cooked to his liking a group of five to six musicians on board the Jesus of Lubeck played fiddle music for the enjoyment of captain and crew. The group was led by a shantyman known as a tiny youth named William Lowe, 20 years old, though he looked like a freckle-faced boy. In 1583, Sir Edward Hayes, who was the rear admiral to Humphrey Gilbert and commander and owner of the Golden Hind, recorded, We were in number in all about 260 men, among whom we had of every faculty good choice for solace of our people, an allurement of the natives, we were provided of music in good variety. The evening was fair and pleasant, yet not without token of storm to ensue, and most part of this Wednesday night, like the swan that singeth before her death, they, in the admiral or delight, continued in sounding of the trumpets with drums and fifes, also winding the cornets, and in the end of their jollity, left with the battle and ringing of doleful knells. It was a Friday morn when we set sail And we were not far from the land When the captain he spied this little mermaid With a comb and a glass in her hand And the ocean waves do roll And the storm There's another writer, Luis de Camones. He tells us that it was customary on Vasco da Gama's fleet when they were going to India for sailors to sing songs and catches to lighten their work when raising anchors and making sail. And then in Voyager's Tales from 1582, Richard Hakalite wrote, These ships in token of the joy 
on all parts conceived for their happy meeting, spared not the discharging of their ordnance, the sounding of drums or trumpets, the spreading of ensigns, with other warlike and joyful behaviors, expressing by these outward signs the inward gladness of their minds. And then we even have a 16th century reference from Drake's Armada of 1584. Forthwith came a Frenchman being a fifer who had been a prisoner with them in a little boat, playing on his fife the tune of the Prince of Orange, his song. The Prince of Orange was a popular song that praised William, the Prince of Orange, who was assassinated in 1584. He was the leader of the Dutch Protestant insurgents. Even on board Columbus's ship, the Pinta, the Spanish sailors are recorded for singing songs and dancing around the main mast, similar to a French dance around a pole. So that's it for this week. A lot of this information came from various websites, uh, and I need to give credit to the Shady Isle Pirate Society, which has a wonderful page with all of the various history of the shanties, as well as the etymology and, and everything like that. So that goes into a lot of detail and also has further references. So I'll have links to everything at the show notes for this episode, which will be englandcast.com slash seasongs. I'm going to do that instead of sea shanties because shanty can be spelled about a million different ways. So to keep it easy, we'll do englandcast.com slash seasongs. So let me know what you thought about the episode. You can get in touch with me through the listener support line at 8016 Tesco or join the Tudor Learning Circle, which is a free social network just for Tudor history nerds. Thanks so much for listening. Please go listen to some sea shanties now. I, you know what? I also will put together a playlist on Spotify, or there is a really good playlist on Spotify that already exists. I will link to that as well if you want to dig in and learn more. And if you want to go deeper than just TikTok videos. All right, be well, stay safe, and I will speak with you again in a couple of weeks. Bye-bye. Blow, northern wind, ascend for baby sweating. Blow, northern wind, blow, blow, blow. Ich hote burn in Bauerbrick, at Sully's families on sea. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.